0: Aaron Rodgers' season is officially over, but yours has just begun with MyBookie. NFL College Ball, brand new cash-out system that gives you the best options to win all season long. You hit the first two legs of your parlay, guess what? You can cash out early, place another bet, or let it ride for a bigger payday. Join us the entire season at MyBookie.ag, or you can scan the QR code right next to me. The link is in the description of this video and or podcast, however you're watching or listening. But... Right now, MyBookie has a no-strings-attached cash bonus that lets you deposit and withdraw quick. Use promo code 49ERS49ERS on your first deposit of 50 or more, and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly credited to your MyBookie account. That's 49ERS, that's the promo code, to claim your bonus now. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, and I mean anywhere. You can bet anywhere. I've lived in California for eight years. Bet anywhere. I mean it. Head over there with
1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator ten for ten percent off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
2: Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon shop these deals at your local kroger less than five miles away or tap the screen now to download the kroger app to save big today kroger fresh for everyone prices and product availability subject to change restrictions apply see site for details
1: you're listening to the 49 carats podcast a 49ers goldmine production with stephanie sanchez
3: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carrots Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Wednesday, September 27th. 49ers are 3-0, and yet, and yet, it still feels like they're just scratching the surface of their full potential. What a time to be alive. Um, (laughs) Joining me to talk about what we know about the 49ers so far going into week four are the homies, John Chapman and Wayne Breezy. How you guys doing today?
4: Incredible. Great, right? Great and incredible. It's almost game time. I'm I'm ready. the
0: dream three and oh with things to look forward to, which I'm so excited. Whenever you sent over the show notes, I was like, I love it. I love it. So I'm excited about this show.
4: Yeah. You know what I'm excited about? My Madden simulation challenge. Because I think Madden I didn't put out <laughs> that video yet. Yeah, I didn't put it out yet, Steph, because you know I wanted to make sure we secured the win, but now that the wind is in, I think I'm gonna go ahead and put it out. I think they tuned everybody up. We should be good to go this week.
3: Okay. I I hope so. We'll we'll uh tune into that later and, and see if if that worked for us. What time
4: so. is that one at? What time is that That's at? That's gonna Wayne? be tomorrow, one PM Eastern Standard oh. Time. I'm we'll gonna do a nice early throughout the day, get it done, and we could sit back and just, you know, cool, curse, All right. laugh, <laughs> get mad.
3: Well, there we go. There we go. Um, And look, we're not going to spend too much time talking about the Thursday night game because at this point, you know, it's almost been a week. I think we've both probably talked about the game uh, and run that into the ground at this point. So uh, but I simply just going to ask you guys one question uh, from that game. What was your most positive takeaway from the game on Thursday? And, And John, we'll start with you.
0: You know, I I love the fact that you're getting these role players to start to step up. We saw it two weeks ago with Isaiah Oliver, and I think that it continued big-time Thursday night. Guys like Oren Burks, who, you know, he comes in, played 30 snaps, was absolutely elite, no mistakes, just consistently good. Ronnie Bell, Chris Conley, uh, Elijah Mitchell. And so the Niners stars are going to be great, and we all know who they are, and they're going to always flash. But— you're only as good as your weakest link. And with the elevation of the back end of this roster into players you can depend on, even make some plays at some point, what's up, Ronnie Bell? I just really think that the dimension of this team continues to increase when you have guys like, let's say you got Brandon Ayuk out for a game, you don't have to take necessarily a step back. Yeah, we're better with Brandon Ayuk, but whenever you get these back end of the roster guys that continue to elevate their play, That's one of the things that the Shanahan, you know, John Lynch 49ers, the development of the back end of the roster that sets us apart from so many other teams in the NFL.
4: And John, the fact that you mentioned depth, right? I always used to say it's not about just having depth. It's always it's about having the right depth, right? Having the right people to fill in uh in those particular uh moments in time. And when they get their opportunity, do not miss it. Now I'm about to be on my MM joint, you know what I'm saying? But like at the end of the day, those players did step up. So shout out to you, John, for pointing that out. But there were like a couple. there were a couple things that I feel like I can put together and, and one of the words I wanted to say that I noticed from the 49ers again. Is adjustments right they figured out ways to adjust uh throughout the game they kind of they're they're kind of the boxing they're using that boxing terminology where they're they're ready and prepared each and every week to go 12 rounds and i think that's what we're starting to see from this type of this regime of the san francisco 49ers they're not going to box you and try to knock you out right away i mean i feel like they can but that's what we're going to get into why we said there's still room for improvement but they're going to do a steady-paced fight. They're on a Floyd Mayweather stuff right now. But I want to say specifically what I liked from this game was uh, Brock Purdy adjusting to the blitz. And, and, and when you get a team that's blitzing almost 85% of the time, and it's definitely trying to throw your timing off and finding this particular type of quarterback that, you know, seven round draft, we know the story of Brock Purdy, right? He's every week they challenge him with something different and every week he's passing the test. That's something that we need to start owning in on. Brock Purdy is starting to become one of those, I don't want to say the E-word quarterbacks, but he's creeping up. He's creeping up in that category, Steph. He's creeping up in that category.
3: Um. Okay, that that was a lot. The But, like, on that last note, the mm-hmm. E-word. The E-word. Wait. I'm just curious, like what, because I feel like a lot of people have different thoughts on what counts as like an elite quarterback. Do you guys that- consider top ten to be elite? I'm just curious.
0: I usually go top five whenever mm-hmm. we're talking this, and somebody that can win the game for you uh, when all else goes wrong. This is somebody that can step up and deliver the game. And I I don't know if he's thought, I, I'm not going to put him there yet. I mean he's been incredible. But that's the, one of my favorite things is you know when we talk quarterback play, elite quarter. I use the word elite quarterback play. <laughs> we talk fourth quarter comebacks. We talk game winning drives. Yeah, Brock is just in the fairway time after time after time to where he never digs a hole. And so fourth quarter comebacks are wonderful, and there's going to be a time for that this year, no doubt about it. But man. I think it's beautiful he doesn't have any fourth-quarter comebacks because he hasn't needed them. And so it's, I don't know, chicken before the egg. Can't have a fourth-quarter comeback if you're never losing. And so I I don't know how that factors into it. All I can say is this. I'm so damn happy this dude's our quarterback, and I don't know if I could name. I probably could name five. But, man, I'm happy. Is he top five? I don't know. I, I just want him with us because it's a perfect pairing.
4: You know i did this exercise the other day uh with mike from not the Beniners, and we literally i mean there there are definitely some great quarterbacks in the nfl and then there's those elite ones and when you start and just focusing on this year alone right this year alone not the previous years but focusing on this year alone even some of those elite quarterbacks aren't playing elite football and so like brock purdy is playing i don't want to say elite football but he's playing great he's playing top-notch football like he's not turning the ball over he's not losing games he's not even like john said he's not even digging himself into some type of a hole where he has to kind of bring his team back he's sustaining leads they're winning games from the sustainability uh aspect so why can't that be considered an elite trait i I don't know i know brock purdy doesn't have the typical physical traits of an elite quarterback but he definitely has the mental traits of an elite quarterback and he's proven it week in and week out i know i'm not going to sit there and put him in the top five yet but if we sat here and went through five quarterbacks we'll probably have different a different five You know, or in a different order. And I I feel like Brock is making a case to be in that conversation.
0: The one thing I will say before we jump off this, there are four quarterbacks that have started all three games that have yet to throw an interception. Brock Mm -hmm. is in that. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Lead of elite. CJ Stroud.
4: Yep, CJ Stroud, the rookie. Josh Dobbs, the guy we're playing this week. And there you go. So You got the journeyman. You got the last pick in the draft. You got a top quarterback in the draft, uh, elite, because people put a Herbert in the elite, and then you got the rookie. It's crazy.
3: Yeah, it, it is crazy. I'm not ready to put Purdy in any elite conversation, although he—I don't think anyone can deny that he has looked great in in the limited amount of time that we have seen him. And I agree, Wayne. I think that he does have the elite, um, like mental. Uh, characteristics or whatever you want to call it, attributes. Um, Okay, but from what I saw from this game on Thursday, like the most positive takeaway, and you guys actually highlighted a good amount of them, uh, but I do want to start with Purdy because I think what we did see in that one is that he can learn on the fly and correct in game. And I don't know if we really have seen that before from, you know, 49ers quarterback under Kyle Shanahan, what we saw on Thursday, he started off slow. And we have seen those slow starts from Brock before. You know, I think about that game against the Raiders. Think about that game against Tampa Bay last year. Um, But I think in all of those games, the one thing that they have in common, not just, you know, getting a lot of blitzes and pressures, is the fact that Purdy can figure out how to beat that, you know, in the course of the game. And so a lot of the times you have quarterbacks who – You know, you got to wait till they get into the film room on Monday after the game. And you're like, okay, this is what went wrong. And then the following week, they can improve on that. I haven't seen that from Brock Purdy because he's making the improvements and the adjustments in game. And the other takeaway I think is that Kyle trusts him. Brock Purdy threw the ball 37 times despite the slow start. Despite being blitzed nearly eighty percent of the times, Kyle Shanahan trusts this man with his life. I think, and you know, for that reason, I I trust Brock Purdy as well because he's he's been able to answer the bell every point. Speaking of Bell, Ronnie Bell, that's, man, that's a good segue right there. Man, I just gotta get a clap that's for impressive. myself. That was um, nice. That was nice. Ronnie Bell is a dog. <laughs> like he looked good, and I I know. Brandon Ayuk was out, you know, ideally, Ronnie Bell isn't playing a ton of snaps because that would mean that someone else is out. But I do feel like he's good enough and he has uh, evaded the, uh, you know, rookie doghouse that he he's going to make a case to get on the field a little more often as time goes on, I think. And he just looks like he belongs. And we saw some great blocking from him right out the gate he's a 49ers wide receiver through and through already. He, he didn't need to go through his little like bumps and bruises and Kyle getting mad at him. He looks good. And, you know, props to him. His first NFL catch is also his first touchdown. I thought that was a great play too. Um, And so he's looked great. That's another takeaway. And Kinlaw for me, we talked about the depth, right? The The depth of this team and how we saw some of those guys step up on that game on Thursday, Kinlaw, was no different. He was one of those guys. And through three games, he's been making an impact on this defense. Uh, I think that's a really, really great development. And and maybe like in an underlined development, I don't know the, the right word, but like it's going under the radar, kind of just because the defense as a whole has always been so good. But what Ken is doing is special right now through these first three games. And it's really helping uh, the interior of that defensive line, uh, get a lot of pressure, and I don't know if you guys have seen the numbers of the interior defensive line through the first three games, but they are working, and that's a great development because in the past, like, it's really just been Eric Armstead, and we haven't had a whole lot of production outside of him. Um, some fans would even say we don't get a lot of production from Eric Armstead. I say that's baloney. Like, he he makes things happen as well. Um But Kinlaw, I think, is is really – stepping up and and I hope he stays healthy for the whole year, man, because if this is what he looks like when he's healthy, the, man, the league's in trouble, the League's in trouble. And then lastly, I just want to say Debo Debo. If you put the ball in his hands at a time where it feels like, Oh, this game is just a little too close for my liking. He's going to, he's going to flip that momentum for you. And he's going to make a game changing play, uh, just with the physicality that he plays with, the mentality, he'd be making guys miss. He'd be running through guys. So I love that about Debo, and I, I love this team. There's a lot of good things to feel good about if you're a 49ers fan right now.
0: I think, you know, just real quick, I, I, I want to leave room for Wayne to talk some Ronnie Bell because he's been champion championing. Is champion. that the word,
4: maybe? That, that's a word now. We'll, we'll go with it. Yeah.
0: Uh, So I'm going to leave him with the whole Ronnie Bell talk, but I want to talk about Debo and just this dude has zero drops through three weeks. That's always been his thing. And so the elevation of his game, turning a weakness into a strength. How many like contested tough catches has Debo made so far this year? Obviously, the yak and the broken tackles. That's who he has been. But I, I think Debo and just elevating everything about his game is huge. He earned that captain patch. He earned the captain vote, and it's showing on the field. Shout out to Ken Law, 24 snaps a game, which is perfect for him. Uh, but, Wayne, tell me about Ronnie Bell, man, because you have been on this train as a Michigan guy. You're a Ronnie Bell truther.
1: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator.
4: Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, Steph summed it up in one word: dog, right? And and this is what I knew you were going to get a dog, Steph. I don't know if you got a chance to talk to him or meet him at the Senior Bowl but I mean his whole persona was amazing just having that interview with him and I just kept figuring out how can the Niners get this kid on the team like from that moment on because I just knew from watching the way he made plays on the collegiate field without a typical quarterback like they had to go they were using two to three different quarterbacks his last year there and it was going to be tough for him to like creep up you saw at the senior bowl he wasn't getting targeted much they were going to Tank Dell and all the other guys, right? Jaden Reed and all those other guys that you see. And now he comes to the 49ers and he kind of like finds a way to fit in and blend in. And I think it started with the fact that he was willing and able to do whatever it is they asked him to do. I think it's, that's where it started. And so you want me to play special teams coach? I right, cool, I'm out here. You want me to return? Cool, I'll return. You want me to return this too? Cool. Oh, you need me to go down there and block? cool you blocking i'll figure it out and you remember earlier in the preseason, earlier in the, in the off season you heard uh brennan i you say hey man once this kid gets the blocking debo once this kid gets the blocking down pack oh man he's gonna make strides this sums up ronnie bell right here kyle shanahan was asked the question about ronnie bell does he still have to go out there and do more to earn a spot here or earn a, a place and in, in he said absolutely not he already did that like Kyle just shut it down. He already did it. Seventh-round pick already did. And that just lets you know how great the 49ers are in evaluating talent, especially now. We talked about why these coaches and and, and why the general manager was extended. It's because they're finding gems with other people are passing over. What's that treasure thing? One man's treasure? I don't know that jump, but you know what I'm trying to say. They (laughs) found They, they, you know is
3: is tra- you get what I'm say-
4: And what I'm saying is all everybody kept passing over this kid. The Niners get him. And now look what they're doing with him. They have the ability to allow him to develop because they already have stables in the wide receiving room. So when he's asked to him, when his number is called, when his bell is rung, hold up. See what I did there? When his bell is rung, he gets out there and he answers the bell. Ronnie Bell.
0: I like, and I'll say this you know, a lot of people, Ronnie Bell's seventh round pick, he was picked nine picks before Brock Purdy, like a different Mm -hmm. year. He was picked 253. So it's not even, he's not a seventh round pick. He's a seventh round comp pick. He's at the back of the back back of the the back. Ah. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm.
3: that's crazy to think about when you consider Brock Purdy threw him his touchdown pass right like have mm-hmm. we ever seen like two seventh rounders connect on a, on a touchdown before like that's that's pretty crazy so props to both of those guys and yeah i mean i agree ronnie bell is gonna earn himself some more playing time sooner than later i think and he, he's definitely deserved it but look this team is three 0 they're putting up 30 points in three straight games we just talked about all the great things that we saw on thursday night alone and you know, yet, it feels like they have the potential to score even more points, right? Like, that's the crazy thing about it. They've been leaving points out on the field. Kyle Shanahan and even some players mentioned how there's still some things to improve. And, you know, that's that's great. Like, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Um Kyle Shanahan, when asked on... Uh, like is the team in the same groove that they were in last year, like to end the season last year? And Kyle said, quote, I feel like we're close. We finished last season on a roll during the season, got in a groove. I don't think we're totally there yet. I think we can clean a number of things up. I thought we hurt ourselves in a number of situations Thursday night and kind of have all th- three of these weeks. But I still think we could continue to improve a lot so this is not just coming from fans like this is coming from the coach himself and a lot of players pretty much echoed the sentiment after the game on thursday too so here's what i like about it they're not complacent they're they're three and zero, but they know that i mean in order to get where they need to go they need to hit all that untapped potential that they have right so I really like that about this team, that they kind of know who they are and know what they're capable of, and anything short of that, I think at this point, they've, they've gone through it so many times before. They've got it close so many times before. They know what the task at hand and what they need to do. So I, I really actually appreciate this, and us as fans calling this stuff out too, like it's not even us complaining, but it's, mm. it's us also acknowledging like, man, this team is so good, and they could be so much better. Like, that's the crazy thing. It's a really good problem to have.
0: Yeah, I'll say this. You look at your stars, and they're playing great. Christian McCaffrey should have had a touchdown catch. Got knocked out last second. Trent Williams, couple penalties, right? George Kittle, drop pass. Uh, got a couple missed tackles from Fred and Dre Greenlaw, which is not normal. And so even though you're blowing these teams out, and it's not even within the possession, there's still things to work on, uh, the penalties. You know, you're not turning the ball over, which is wonderful. Special teams need some work. There's still issues to work on. So whenever you have your stars that can go out and ball out and everybody can talk about how great Christian McCaffrey is and they're right, he could have had a much better game. He should have had a receiving catch on that amazing throw from Brock Purdy. Uh, and so having that extra stuff to work on from a coaching perspective, I've been there. It's hard to coach up your team after you blow a team out. But whenever you can look at and you can show on the film, we miss these 10 plays, and you can call out your studs, and you can say, CMC, we can't have you getting that ball knocked out. You have to capitalize. And everybody's like, oh, damn, he's talking to CMC right now? He's talking to Trent Williams right now? Like, And that's kind of where the Niners are. And I think that the Niners have experienced these huge win streaks, 2019, 2022, now we're into 2023. None of those resulted in a win. So don't be complacent with winning a bunch of damn games now. We have bigger things on the horizon. That's just my thoughts. I don't know, Wayne. What do you think?
4: No, and I think you're right. I mean, I think the big picture is getting to the Super Bowl and winning it. I think think that's the biggest picture. I mean, the Niners know that they can pull together a win streak. They can can win a bunch of games. They know they can go out there. They can make adjustments. They can do all the things that they need to do. Uh, Have the Niners looked great for the past three games? yeah but they can be better and i think that's what this whole conversation is about and you know john you talked about that area where they can improve you know i like the fact that players are accountable they're like damn i gotta be better i got and we talk about stars so i want to stay stick with the stars those stars are saying i gotta be better i gotta do this i gotta do that and i love it right but here's to me where i feel like when kyle shanahan talks this is the area he wants the players to improve, and it's in the red zone. I mean, the 49ers are what, just above 50, 50% in the red zone, if I'm not mistaken. And, and they're like a little bit higher than what they were in 2022. And the reason why I said that is because the Niners are getting opportunities. And they're just not capitalizing off of them and so you get that ball down into that 20 inside that 20 you have to try to figure out a way to put up points now a lot of those points get negated by things like penalties which john talked about so like the niners have to figure out how to be more disciplined and they got to figure out a way to better execute uh some of those plays when when brock Purdy threw that pass to christian mccaffrey was it a catch it sure was until it didn't happen right like it was in his hands and it got knocked out at the last second so the players got to be—they're—they're they're being accountable. They got to continue to strive to be better, uh, because they know they need to get down the end zone. They—I think the Niners' mentality is that they just want to score on every play, every drive. And I think they're happy that they can get it from uh, Jake Moody, who's 9 for 9 on the season, which means he is 100%. I think they're happy that they have that extra weapon in the bag. But I think the the, the offense wants to go out there and and put up points, right? And they're seeing a team like the Miami Dolphins do it. And I'm not trying to say they're trying to match that. They just want to make sure that they fully execute when called upon. And execution, for me, has always been – Like the Achilles for the San Francisco 49ers, right? They get so close and then boom, they don't they don't execute, they don't make it happen. So I think early in the season they'll continue to do that. And then Steph, you mentioned something about like the Niners know who they are. Honestly, I don't think the Niners know who they are. And I actually like that. Why? Because now the other teams can't ever figure us out. And I think the Niners are interchangeable. I don't know what character that is, but they can change it up, switch it up. Oh yeah, you're trying to stop Christian. All right, cool. We'll put this person in. We'll we'll focus on this point. We'll do this. We'll do that. I think I think Kyle Shanahan has been in his bag, and I think this is the happiest we've ever seen our head coach. And I think the sk- the sky is the freaking limit. Like I I think the sky is the limit.
3: Yeah, exactly. I love it. And and. Uh, to to your point about the red red zone scoring percentage, right now they're twentieth, fifty three point eighty five. Yeah. So again, bad. like for a team that in a lot of other you know metrics and stats, like they're at the top five, ten, um, in offense, you would expect that to be a little bit higher, right? All things considered. So yeah, that that is definitely one area that could improve, uh. But you, you mentioned that being something that you think Kyle wants to see improve. Uh, now I kind of want to ask you guys like what is something that you think that you think this team can improve? It could be a specific player, a whole unit, and it could be maybe like a specific team stat. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious what you guys are thinking on this one. We'll, we'll start with you, John.
0: Yeah, I I think, you know, if we're talking about red zone, the 49ers have been down in the red zone 13 times offensively. To put that into perspective, the Cardinals, seven trips this year. Literally half. Um, and so I think that's an issue. And with Kyle, you know, something matters to Kyle when he does a self deprecating joke about it in a press conference and whatever he said, oh yeah, that, well, that's why we're having, you know, struggling so much in the red zone, just so we can do this other thing. Like, you know what I mean? And he kind of like sheds it off as like this joke. That means Kyle's offended. Kyle is upset about this issue and Yeah. yeah, you fix the red zone issues. That's 40 points a game. You're getting in there. The consistency, the driving, the 20-to-20 20 20 offense, like from R20 to the red zone 20, is stellar. What happens when you get in there? They shut down the run game, and they force you one-on-one on the outside, and they're blitzing like crazy, which, you know, when Brock is blitzing in the middle of the field, he could just throw the fade, Debo, Ayuk, CMC, uh, you know, all these different, you know, back shoulder fades he's hit. Jawan Jennings, I think he had one, too. Kittle's turn next. But whenever it shrinks in there, that's rough. And I don't want Purdy taking extra hits, but at some point, the mobility factor, which we know he's got, that's one of those things I want to see, but I want him to be smart with it. So uh, that's the area I want to see a little bit more aggressiveness with the legs from Brock Purdy to kind of equate some of that blitz. If you beat that blitz quick and everybody else is in man coverage, you should be able to get in. We saw it last year. I think it was against Tampa Bay. Uh, I think it was against Tampa Bay where he like wiggled through everybody and got the rushing touchdown. That's one thing I want to see a little bit more emphasis just on the athletic running ability, not play style runs, not play style. Like I don't want you calling call and run plays for Purdy, but I do want to see him kind of press the issue just a little bit, just to put a little more tension on those linebackers that keep coming on the blitz in the red zone.
4: I like it. And and to stick to the offensive side. I mean, I, I will say from week one to week three going into week four, it's, it's improved, but it's still the right side. The right, the right side is still the weakest side. And it's like, if those two, if they can just get on the same page and just once they, I, I'm going to say this, once they have a great game, They will have great games for the rest of the season. Right now, they're still focusing on working on communicating and and building the continuity. And I'm talking about the right side. So if you guys know who I'm talking about. And it's literally the center to the right side, right? Like, it's from the center down to the right side. Once those three guys figure out how to communicate, and I think Jake Brendel spoke about being able to communicate. Or Colton McKibbs, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Brendel. They want to be able to communicate without talking. They want to know each other's gestures. They want to know each other's body movements, all that type of stuff. Once that happens, oh, man, the right side will start to balance itself foul and yeah the protection has been better they've been better in the run blocking game i would say but it's like mckivitz got better this game but burford got worse this game but then burford gets better this game and then mckivitz getting worse and now the center's off they have to figure out the continuity that will help in the red zone that would help just period and i once once the continuity is there oh my gosh uh oh my gosh it's gonna be crazy
3: i'm glad you you brought up you know, the right side of that offensive line. I mean, I think for everyone, like, we're kind of looking at that as like, hmm, you, you could be a little bit better. And, you know, I'll name names like, yeah, Spencer Burford. I've, I've mentioned him uh, as, as a player. I'm putting on notice uh, on my show on Monday. And he's allowed 11 pressures, 10 hurries and a sack in three games. Um, and like, yeah, he was slightly better the previous game. Uh, but I don't know if we've seen just enough improvements to really say or feel good that, you you know, like he's going to improve. I do know that he's had some really tough matchups, but this is the NFL. Like the you're going to have some tough matchups, right? And you're on a team with Super Bowl aspirations. There are going to be even tougher matchups when you get down the stretch in, in the playoffs, yep. the end of the season and all that. So I know it's week three of a long season right now in – you know, I do think that the 49ers will hit a stride at some point on that side of the line. Um, I didn't even mention, like, I mentioned on another show, but, like, Jake Brendel, I'm glad you mentioned him, Wayne. Brendel was – there were a lot of low snaps in that game against the Giants. It could have been because of the blitz. The, the like, touchdown there throw, like,
4: yeah, I seen it.
3: But it was it, – like, that's kind of bad.
4: <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I wanted to ask because I don't know off the top of my head, but I feel like every game – there was a center, quarterback fumble exchange. There's four of them so far. See, like that well, can't three,
0: happen. Three, one was on Purdy by
4: himself whenever he corralled the fumble. But right, but I'm just talking about the right. But they have to figure that out. They like they have to figure it out. Now I, I have a theory. It's a it's a, it's a breezy conspiracy theory, <laughs> and I want to get your thoughts on it. Okay, so Burford last year split time with. Daniel Brunskill yeah but but and he seemed like he would he was flashing to be better but now he's that full starting right tackle It's technically like really his rookie season as the full starter right but he was paired up with a veteran I'm not saying that veteran was all that great but being next to a guy like Mike McGlinchey who's probably seen it for several years was probably helped pulling him up just a little bit now that that crutch is gone you're putting in a non-starting right tackle and now you're asking your right guard who got the reps his first year half of them at least or more than half to kind of like step up and be this you know he was a fifth round pick or a fourth round pick right so like fifth round can't fourth round so so It's going to take some time. What are your thoughts about him not having the crutch anymore, though? Like, maybe Mike McGlinchey was helpful. He he wasn't on the field, but maybe in the locker room or in the film room.
0: Yeah, I I think you're – they even talked about it last year where it was good for him to kind of step back and analyze and figure it out then go back out there and, you know, fix those mistakes. But you guys said he's had a tough three weeks. All right, now here's how tough it was. Cameron Hayward – Aaron Donald, Dexter Lawrence, all all all-pro players. All of them. Like, that is tough, tough, tough. This week, not so fast. And so you're kind of getting – you're never going to have a three-game stretch like that again in the NFL. Does that excuse the way in which he has played? It has not. I think that he has earned the right to fix some of these issues because they want him to be a stalwart. They want him to be there for six, seven years, plus at the right guard spot. He's not being pulled out even – when they go to trash time and John Valenciano comes in, they put him at center. center. Banks and Burford stayed in and played every damn snap. They did not get a break. And so I, I don't think that there's any leash involved whatsoever currently with Burford. I think they're just rolling through these growing pains. Uh, but I do think you're on something. I do wish there was a little bit of a revolving door there not because i want him out but because it worked so well last year but i don't think they're doing that i think they're just going to trust this dude and they're just going to let him just go through it chris forster the o-line coach constantly preaches continuity playing a am- month amongst your players next to you and it just takes time to gel so him and colton mckivitz didn't get a lot of time together last year yeah, now no, it's that- time
3: that's a huge thing with the offensive line, and so I am. I'm gonna be patient, but I'm. I'm watching him. You know what I mean? Watch like, he, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm watching him. So, yeah, the Forty ers right now rank twenty second in composite pass protection ratings. So, but combining, you know, PFF, ESPN, and what is the other one? I think SNs or something S- like that. Yeah. Um,
0: but man they were yeah. everybody was one on one that you were blocking yeah. with five they were bringing six like I don't know I don't know I I I don't
3: know you I I'll mean I know I know it was, like tough matchups and yes the 49ers don't have like another right guard to go to like they did in the past with Daniel Brunsco I mean Brunsko was good like he was nice so like any time that Burford struggled like yeah they didn't really hesitate too much to put him in there. now it's kind of like, you got to take your lumps. You got to take your lumps with Burford. I do think that continuity is a big thing. I do think that having a first year starter next to you doesn't exactly help. So the more time that they get together is going to help. You see how much Aaron Banks has benefited from having Trent Williams next to him. Aaron Banks at this point, probably pretty good in his own right. But we know that him learning um, the ropes of, of playing left guard, had a lot to do with having the benefit of Trent. So on the other end, both of those guys need to help each other out. And so I think that's going to come with time and them getting to know each other and all this and that. Uh, But as of right now, that is definitely one area that could stand to improve. And when it does Mm. watch out, man, watch out. All right. That's all we're saying. Like, I'm just saying,
4: you, you mean to tell me Brock's going to have more time to throw on his right side. (laughs) I'm telling it's going to be dangerous. It's going to be dangerous. League yes. not ready.
3: Yeah, there we go. Um, But the other thing, there's another thing I wanted to point out of something that I want to see improve. All right. And for me, it's the penalties. The 49ers are 26th in penalties right now. They're averaging a uh, little over seven penalties a game, almost eight penalties a game um, compared to 5.6 in 2022. So I do feel like, you know, again, it's one of those things where it's like it's early in the season. So sometimes these things do happen and then you kind of lock in a little later, but you know, at some point you don't want penalties to affect the game and and affect the outcome of a game. It hasn't so far for the 49ers. Um, And the good thing is that, the Cardinals are actually a worse team than the 49ers when it comes to penalties. They're ranked 29th, looking ahead at week five, Cowboys are 27th, but you never know. Like, what if, you know, this upcoming game is the game where the Cardinals, you know, improve their penalties and the 49ers do the opposite. You never know. So that's always something that I feel could stand to improve as well. I know there's been a lot of like weird ticky tacky calls in particular with Dre Greenlaw. Um, But you know, that, I I didn't I would argue one out
0: of three may have been warning warranted against Greenlaw. one out of three, but he's got a reputation.
3: Exactly. So he's getting those reputation calls now. And so just off of that alone, he probably needs to be smarter. But, you know, I I think that could definitely improve going in, you know, to these next few games. Yeah, yeah.
4: It's not it's not just him. Sorry, John. It's it's. It's the special team penalties that you yeah. really don't account for in a football game because they only have one role, one job, one assignment, and next thing you know, you're you're starting in your own end zone uh, on offense. You know, so like it's those penalties. It's it's the bonehead ones. Like, and for me, the Greenlaw penalty, like that last one, the roughing, the personal foul penalty. Excuse me, like, ugh, like. You knew it was coming the moment he started going after the guy. Like you, like I knew it was coming. I was just waiting for the flag to go in the air. It was just like he had to know it was coming too. If he can eliminate those, if he could just think. No, I don't even want him to think because I still want him to play the the style of football he plays. I'm okay if Greenlaw gets a penalty a game. I, at this point, I'm cool with it. It's like as long as he continues to lead the team in tackles and don't miss tackles and and continue to make plays, I'm fine. It's the other penalties though. Yeah. It's, it's the ones that aren't even – they shouldn't even be a part – they shouldn't even be there. Like, you, the special – like, now – Well, that guy's Sam,
0: gone now. He's he's not with yet, us Trey
4: anymore. Yeah, Swilling is gone. But then you got the interference call, which probably won't happen again. Like, that's, you know, from, from Shamar joining. He might have got – I don't think he got sent back down to the practice squad. I didn't no. get any news about that. So he's still on the team until – unless Ambry Thomas comes back. But once Ambry Thomas and, and Samuel Womack comes back from the IR – That hopefully will fix the special team penalties, at least the special team penalties.
0: Yep. Well said. Well said. And Danny Gray might throw that name in there too
4: for special teams. And Danny Gray. Mm,
3: Okay. Okay. I see where you're on. But before we get into this Cardinals game, um, we do have some 49ers news to talk about. And it's kind of interesting. The 49ers signed a running back to their practice squad, Jeremy McNichols. He has had stints with the 49ers before, That's not the part that's interesting. I think what's interesting is now they have like five running backs. They have a lot, and one might say too many. Uh, Do do you guys think maybe the 49ers are primed to trade one of their running backs?
0: I think, in my personal opinion, this is more about the tight end position than it is the running back position. So uh, Again, I'm going to go into Wayne's conspiracy theory corner here. Um, uh, Braden Willis got four junk plays at offense at the end, right? They put in all the backups, whatever else. First play of the game he's ever played. Pancakes a dude. Incredible blocking. All four plays was just elite. Then what happens right after that? They reach they release Troy Fumagalli from the practice squad. Like I think that they check the box. Braden Willis is good on special teams. Braden Willis can block when we need him to block. Plus, Charlie Warner, his play has been incredible blocking. I mean, he has been incredible. This season looks a lot like 2021 Charlie Warner, not 2022 Charlie Warner, which is great news. And so I think they said, all right, we're comfortable at the tight end position. The NFL injuries are happening everywhere at the running back position. Where can we capitalize where other people are struggling? Let's go get Jeremy McNichols. He's an NFL journeyman. That's been on, I think like 10 plus teams already. Let's just get him, And we're just going to corral these assets. Kyle Shanahan's got some running back injury, PTSD over the past five years. Let's just, corral them all get all the running backs baby and uh just so we're safe in that area that's my takeaway and i don't know am i a crazy person do i belong no, I mean, in the conspiracy can, corner no
4: you can add on to that right so yeah. like yeah like i mean if you guys play <laughs> if you guys are fantasy football owners and you guys are like me i'm grabbing a, if i see a, my other person trying to get a running back, i'm gonna go grab the running back I, i'm just gonna go grab him. i don't want you to have them and i think the niners the fact that they got history with Jeremy McNichols, I felt like he was probably the one of the best preseason running backs we had this year. Until he got hurt. Until he got injured, right? And so that would have made the case. I know we haven't seen TDP. I know he's been inactive, but Steph might be on to something too. I mean, the Niners are notorious in trading where they're overstocked. Uh you saw them trade Jeff Wilson Jr. one year. You saw you see them trading running backs. Uh Brita. and yeah, Brita. And this might be an option where, you know. Elijah Mitchell still gives you a lot of value and I'm not saying he's the guy. I do remember us talking about Elijah Mitchell possibly being the one because he hasn't practiced. He wasn't, you know, just a bunch of stuff. Uh, They're trying to keep him healthy. Uh, and then they they overload. They gave Eliza Mitchell plenty of snaps in this particular game, this past game against the Giants. So could he possibly still be on the trading block? And then they bulk up with getting Jerry McNichols. You get your veteran back there on the practice squad. And then this will be able to allow you to activate like a TDP and then give Jordan Mason carry. So there's so many ways you can kind of like spin this and look at it. But um, right now. Just load up the stable, man. We know what Bobby Turner is doing, we know what Kyle Shanahan is doing. Just load them up, keep them, keep it loaded. You want to make sure the clip is fully loaded at all times,
3: yeah. I mean, it's intriguing. Um, it may not be anything at the end of the day, so but it, it's always fun to kind of speculate on these what things. What would it take,
0: though? Like, here's my thing you got 12 picks Ooh. next year. Anybody, uh, I'm you're well, not trading Christian McCaffrey, right. so you're either going to trade, you know, probably right. Elijah Mitchell, maybe Jordan Mason, maybe TDP. Okay, yeah. what is it going to take to move any of those guys? We got 12 picks next year. you need another fourth rounder or fifth rounder? With Absolutely.
4: That? absolutely you,
0: <laughs> you can never have too many
4: yeah thank you Steph. and here's here's my thing because i'm seeing a different bigger picture okay so there's a guy named patrick Surtain who i know doesn't uh, want to be in denver i know for a fact because he texted me that he did not want to be in denver anymore he said this team is trash right and so i'm saying well john since you have ties with the denver broncos maybe we're up to something. We done freed up hella cap space, right? Oh, yeah, it's for 2024 roll up. Bullshit. <laughs> we got some cap space. Why? Because the Niners are always looking to do something mid season at that trade deadline that can help give their team the advantage. This is why, again, these two have been extended without a Super Bowl victory. Because they're finding ways to capitalize and just be better than other teams. Did we win? Not yet. It's coming, I promise. So I'm thinking maybe we trade. You get another pick for Elijah Mitchell because you're gonna get the most value for him. And now you got you know after after picks trade first round pick. We don't draft well in to the first round. You're gonna trade a lot
0: more than that. You're gonna have to yeah. trade multiple yeah. first round picks. Hey
4: man, trade man. a couple first. trade a couple first.
3: We <laughs> don't <laughs> draft well. In, they can do it again. No,
4: we don't draft well in the first I round. Be mad. Listen. Listen, I'm happy with Nick Bosa and Brandon Ayuk. I'm content. I'm happy. Them, the best first-round picks we've ever drafted in our entire lives. We should, ne- we should stay away from the first round. We got the defensive end of the lifetime. You got a wide receiver one. Leave the first round alone. Draft third round and back. I'm cool with it. And it's cheaper.
3: Man, I don't know about the certain thing. Not that I wouldn't um, entertain it. It's just that I don't think it makes sense if you're the Broncos. Like, yeah. so Sean I, Payton. That I, reason, that's I'm hard. not really. Yeah, I, I don't know if they. Would I'd love that. it though,
0: from a Niner standpoint. I'd love it. I, two I'm, first,
3: yeah.
4: firsts and Elijah Ooh. Mitchell. I would yeah. do that right yeah. now. That's just you know, just my crazy.
0: Charvarius Ward, you got a uh, certain on the outside. Move Demo inside to the slot.
4: Woo. Oh my gosh. Sorry, I'm playing madden don't don't mind me.
3: <laughs> we got a super chat here from Sean Shepard with a question Is Wilkes good and boring or terrible? stats say he's better right? I just used t p breezy uh to wipe Cannon's nose. What were you thinking? <laughs> do you think we upgrade d or line mid season? Be blessed yeah,
4: that's you another do this, pr- Wayne. This, i you mean Wayne. that's a that's another uh area that you can look to to add um you know, if you wanted to add more pressure from the right side, if there's a guy you can go trade, you know, and and I, I don't know, I, honestly, I, I still want to see how the team kind of starts to gel itself out um, as they continue to find ways to build continuity. But um i think steve wilkes is doing a fine job so far right he's he's found ways to make adjustment i mean 720 i'm after 23 7 20 and 14. like they don't i mean 12 excuse me those are the points that the defense gave up and they gave those points up off of short fields and so like i'm saying to myself the defense i know it's we hate the bend don't break concept but that's just what it's gonna be right now like like hey you can you can beat us underneath but we're gonna hit you we're gonna tackle you and at some point in the game your body is going to wear out right and that's Steve Wilkes he's making sure his secondary doesn't get beat and he's allowing his his upfront you know to do the work and so get used to it I'm not saying it won't change but it's not bad again seven 20. Bumped that field goal at the end of the game in twelve. And those points came off of penalties, by the way. Like, like that's how the scoring drives happen for each one of the teams we play so far. So I think Wilkes is just fine.
0: Yeah, A plus for Wilkes for me.
3: Yeah, I, I like what Steve Wilkes has done so far as well. I think I mean he's he's still getting used to you know, the personnel that he has on defense, he's getting used to what the 49ers have typically done on defense. Cause again, like he's adding small wrinkles. He's not doing that much different. All right? So it's not exactly like his defense, but he is, you know, adding just a little, little sprinkle here and there of what he typically does, but you don't have to do a whole lot. You don't have to reinvent the wheel with this defense. Cause it was already good before you got here. That's a pretty unique um, situation to be in for a new defensive coordinator because you think most of the time a new defensive coordinator comes in and it's because, oh, they were so bad before the other coach got fired and we got to bring you in to fix this. He doesn't have to really fix anything. He just has to make sure that, you know, it stays afloat and it stays running like a well-oiled machine. And I think, again, because he's getting used to, you know, what this defense does – um, you know, maybe that's why we're seeing some of that Ben don't break and and wanting to keep everything in front of him and I think over time like we're just gonna continue to see him get more comfortable mm-hmm. um with the defense and i I feel like he's already settled in pretty well I mean through these the last two games the adjustments that he's made uh I think have been you know pretty good and I want to say like he had a really good game plan from the jump against the Giants and he kept Daniel Jones in check like. Daniel Jones, I think, ended up having, like, what, five rushing yards, if that? So um, was a John a, Chapman
0: rushing stat line right there. There you go. So, <laughs> with,
3: and, and mind you, with, like, you know, they, they opened up the Red Sea for you on the offensive line, and you picked up five yards. So I'd probably do the same. <laughs>
4: I'm getting but six. I don't know about that five. I'm getting six.
3: Right, he, said, he said six. I'm it getting six. A tackle. Yep. <laughs> But now I'm happy with what Steve Wilkes has done and and with that like I think this is a good segue into uh the Arizona game because man I- Arizona's offense doesn't look all too bad. I mean we we're talking about uh Joshua Dobbs. He's one of the four quarterbacks as yet to throw an interception. He's only thrown two touchdowns, but I mean it's still a young season is his um completion percentage is up there. He's uh nearly 72% on his throws and completion percentage. So he's he's operating this uh Arizona offense pretty well and you know they still have James Conner, who's not a slouch either people forget about him. But I picked him up in a ton of uh fantasy leagues this year because yeah, I don't start,
4: this week don't, don't start volume. him this week uh Steph. I nah, start
3: nah. No, I, I still will because he he's gonna get the volume uh, and quite frankly, the other guys on my bench aren't as good. But... Oh, okay, you have no choice. Okay, <laughs> so I got it's you. A, yeah, it's a business decision. <laughs> I know he might not get that much, I'm okay with that. I'll, still, I got I'll be you. happy about it because it's against the Niners, right? So, right, 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 but no, I, I think like maybe you know, this Arizona offense might present some challenges for you. Uh, maybe more so than in the past. What do you guys think, John?
0: I, I, yeah, I. They've done well, and they have been coached up extremely well on the offensive side. They have been great in first halves, um, slowed down traditionally in the second half. And I think you could even say that in the Cowboys game, that interception was kind of huge. They had some lapses there, but their first half has been great. And so for Arizona to have a chance this game, they got to come out swinging. They got to come out touchdowns, no field goals. Um, they've got to capitalize early. Now, I, I respect Dobbs. I think he's one of the funnest storylines in the NFL currently, very similar to a uh, Geno Smith last year, right, uh, at least first half of the season. We'll see how it goes. But at the same time, you look at what this Cardinals offense strength is, it's a strong physical running game that punches you in the mouth. What is the Niners' number one strength probably on the whole team, not even just defensively? shutting down the run with the most violent players the NFL has to offer. That's what it is. And so if you're asking me, Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner and Javon Kinlaw and Armstead and Hargrave and all the Tala Noah going against this run game, I think it's very, very obvious. Now, somebody watching this or listening to this is saying, oh, what about that Colt McCoy game? Yeah, that's true. That was two years ago. Different coaching staff, different players. I was at that Mexico City game sitting next to my man, Wayne Breezy. Oh, yeah. And we blew them out the damn building. Mm-hmm.
4: And that I was with Connor and McCoy. Yeah. But what I, what I would say is um, they do have a pretty decent run defense. I know a lot of people say that there was Oscar, I think, said they can't stop the run. And maybe they can't, but their run defense is ranked seven. So I would say that they don't give up a lot of rush yards. But they also haven't played the 49ers either. So, like, you know, they haven't played the number three rushing team in the league, right, you know? And so, like, like I just – I don't see offensively um, Arizona being that team that's going to get things going. Now, will they get a, a play where they – a drive where they may score? Possibly because the Niners – do the dumbest shit and they give up a penalty and the next thing you know all of a sudden they're on their side of the 50 and it's just a little easier when you're on your side of the 50 to score a touchdown um and so that's this possibility that that can happen that's kind of the only way i see them scoring a touchdown anyway uh that's been the niners mo so i'm gonna stick with it and so like, I just don't think Dobbs is going to be able to be who he is because the Niners are going to do exactly what John said. They're going to take away the run and they're going to force Dobbs, even though his completion percentage is 72%, they're going to force him to be accurate. And he's going to have to be accurate on the run. He's going to have to be accurate in that pocket. He won't have a lot of time in the pocket. Steph, you talked about the Niners pressure. Listen, pressure burst pipes. We know that the pressures are there. This might be a game where finally Nick Bosa tease off. I'm not going to predict four sacks this game, but he's definitely going to get two. So I'm just gonna start right he's he's gonna continue to climb up the sack ladder but expect stuff to just not go the way that the Cardinals have planned they're finally gonna play a real NFL team and I know I said that and I meant that.
0: (laughs) Yeah and the Cowboys who are great at getting pressure they might have the best defensive end rotation their defensive tackles have so much to be wanting the 49er strength of this team is right up the damn middle Nick Bosa for sure but those three defenses I put four I don't put Kevin Givens in there too the four defensive tackles and two linebackers right behind them and so the way we play defense is not the same way the Cowboys play defense it's not the same attitude it's not the same type of physicality they are finesse uh we are brute strength and violence. And I think Drake Greenlaw, and we talked about his penalties earlier. Don't no give a damn this week. Game.
4: No penalties I'm, this game. Watch. Oh, just watch. That's bold.
0: That there's got to be a my bookie bet on that somewhere.
4: Zero penalties for Drake <laughs> Greenlaw.
3: Wayne. Yes. Wayne, you said they haven't played a real team yet. I I, like you that. heard what I you said. Like yeah, I you, I was like, and, yeah, and yeah, John
4: cut that. Heard. He cut that off with a with a with a grazer edge. He he came <laughs> right in and said, Whooch, let me save Wayne. No. no. I don't need any saving. They haven't played a real team yet. I said it. Look, I okay. said it.
3: No, I I mean, I, I like that you said it, Wayne. I liked it. All right. So on, on the running game, I think that is important for the 49ers to stop because the Cardinals have been real comfy in their run game right now. They're sixth in rushing yards per game. They average 156 yards per game. They're getting 5.6 yards per rush attempt. They were they were blocking their butts off against the Cowboys but I think you raise a good point John that you know the 49ers just play the defense or play the run a little bit differently uh, than other teams and you know probably the Cowboys as well right so I think I, I would give the advantage to the 49ers on that aspect now as far as their run defense the Cardinals run defense they haven't you you mentioned Wayne that they're they are They're pretty good. They're okay. Um, But a running back has scored a receiving touchdown in each of their Ah. last three games so far this season. They allowed 122 yards on the ground to Tony Pollard last week as well. So this could be a big Christian McCaffrey game, I think. And the one one caveat I want to say here is that we got to remember that their head coach, was a defensive coordinator for the Eagles last season. So he already did some homework on the 49ers for that NFC championship game. Uh, We didn't exactly see, or he didn't see, uh, you know, Brock Purdy and, you know, the offense at its full glory, of course. Um, But I'm just highlighting that he was prepared for that one. So he has done his homework uh, twice now on the 49ers. And so I'm not saying that gives them an advantage. I'm just saying, like, he'll more or less know what to expect. But as we mentioned earlier in the show, like, I think the 49ers ha- can beat you a variety of different ways. And, okay, you're going to do that? We're going to do this. Like, it, it doesn't matter what you do. They're going to find a way to win. And so I think that's the most impressive part. I'll also, you know, mention these stats Arizona defense, 26th in yards allowed per game. They're allowing 367 yards per game to their opponents. The 49ers, are, the 49ers offense is fourth in yards per game. They're averaging nearly 400 yards per game on offense. Like, that's that's pretty good, and, right? And, and, and it
4: still ain't clicking yet. Like, it's still. It's, they're still working on it.
3: To, <laughs> our, to our point. And then if the right side of the line can put together a better game that they have in these previous three like we were saying watch out this could be a game where for the 49ers everything can sort of come together all right if if they come wanted together. to you know so i think there's a potential for that and if there is it's going to be really hard to stop the 49ers in this game
0: yeah i i think you're right there there's a lot of bad blood between these two teams and a lot of that's coming from the 49ers side gannon talking trash you know against the niners you had the injury everybody's chomping at the bit to play philly this is like the closest thing you're going to get for a couple months. So any anger you got from that NFC championship game, take that shit out on these guys. They claim not one, not two. They got three of our players on their active roster. Three of them. Like, come on, man. Like, what do you? Those are your brothers over there. They took them from you. You go put a hurting on them. That's all. That's all there is to it. Plus, your DC, Steve Wilkes, who I gave an A-plus earlier, is in an active lawsuit against this damn franchise.
4: This junk is personal, John.
0: Yes. Yes, this is
4: personal. This is gonna... cheat
0: their ass and leave no doubt. I this do is... not get like I want this game to be bloody, violent, anger. Let them know. Let them know who who runs this freaking division because it sure as hell ain't Jonathan Gannon, Kendall Roy looking rear end, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Get the hell out of here, man.
3: Pee Wee's Playhouse, man. <laughs> he took it to it looks just like
0: him. You. All right, it looks Just
4: like him. Listen, listen, listen. This game. You know, usually, you know, I say keep it strictly business. It's nothing nothing business about this game. This is not a business trip for the San Francisco 49ers. And they're home, (laughs) right? So, at the end of the day, this is going to be strictly personal. And you know where it starts? With the head coach. That's where it starts. And then it goes down to your defensive coordinator, like John said. Oh, you try you – you Me? all right i'ma sue y'all y'all trying to put me under the bus because of what y'all did the organization cool watch steve wilkes this week y'all talk about who blitzes you're gonna see all kind of crazy stuff this week from the defense and on top of that it's personal for the players man george kiddo does damage to this team mm-hmm. Debo samuel is unleashed a new beast brandon Nayuk will be back right like christian mccaffrey oh my gosh like How about Elijah Mitchell's two touchdowns last time we played this team? Like, we're not even talking about him. Like, this, they're going to unleash the dragon.
3: There there are a couple guys who have had two touchdown games against uh, Arizona last year. Like, Kittle had two touchdowns in each of the Arizona games last year. And Ayuk had two touchdowns in Week 11 against Arizona. You mentioned Elijah Mitchell. And so, man... They, we got dudes. some dudes, and as you mentioned, Kyle he he doesn't talk that talk. He lets the he lets his play calling and his players do the talking for him. He doesn't have to talk shit like he, yeah he doesn't. And I love and, that about coach. Like I, <laughs>
0: you beat him two times, thirty eight to ten and thirty eight thirteen. Yeah, last year, like these teams are not on the same damn level. They're not. I'm sorry. First forty point
3: game so of the they, season. They, they, so the 49ers have to take care of business and i think they do if anything like the the cardinals beating the cowboys there's no excuse for the 49ers to be like well we didn't know you know like they're capable of of beating you so you got to you got to play your best game and i think the 49ers will do that they're playing at home the cardinals when they played on the road in week 1 didn't exactly look so hot against the commanders so i think the 49ers take this one and as they should, right? If they're the team that we expect them to be, right? Shout out yes. uh, Peachy. Peachy. Homegirl. Uh She said, 49ers haven't exactly been that great in the first round anyways. Got a great feeling about the season ending with number six. Let's do this. Yes. Take six. Um, take six. I like take six. Um, not because we've been trying for a Super Bowl for six Straight seasons, but uh, because like the, the quest for six, like that, that got old. Like, we had a retired quest for six, yeah. And now, look, take six, all right, take let's, it. Let's just take, take it, no, let's no, just no, take it, yeah, just, just, take,
4: just it. take it, <laughs> straight,
3: all right, up. y'all. Well, we appreciate you tuning in today. Make sure you guys like this video, subscribe to the channel if you have not yet. Um, make sure that you like this video on both John and Wayne's channel too. It's in the description of this, U- of my YouTube video. So show triple the love audio listeners, um, follow the pod, wherever you get your podcasts and make sure you leave a review with that. You guys have any, uh, uh parting, parting words here.
0: Enjoy this week. Enjoy the destruction. Enjoy
4: the <laughs> anger.
0: Feel the pain. Live strong off of hate. Stay strong, faithful. We got this.
4: It's barbecue chicken all week long. Lemon pepper, barbecue buffalo, you name it. We eating birds. Let's go.
3: I didn't know where that was going at first, Wayne. But yeah, okay. We eating birds, and yeah, we need all the wings. Maybe I'll order some wings for the game. Who knows? Everybody
4: get wings. Not on breezy though. Not on breezy. But you just get (laughs) you some wings.